Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction. Today we're going to discuss resilience, specifically in the physical realm of fitness. In the physical fitness realm. The physical, cue the intro. Welcome back to Fitness or Fiction, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the hype of the health and fitness industry. Every week, we dig into a new topic and help you wade through the real information to make solid decisions on your fitness journey. All right, Curtis. So I was thinking about this while I was rock climbing, and I wanted to talk to you about it because uh, we've had some interactions in the past regarding resilience. Yes. And... um, I was with a rock climbing coach and I was doing rock climbing on Monday and I was really struggling on this one section of the wall and I honestly just wasn't like really giving it my all. I was already a little fatigued halfway through the session, a little burnt out, beat up, got halfway up, kept getting stuck on this one part. Just my hand was just tired like and just didn't want to grip. And then the coach was just like, Eric, you can do this. You just have to try a little harder. Like you just got to want it a little bit more than you already do. And I was like, oh, fine. And I was able to execute it. But um it reminded me a lot of lessons that you taught me in the past of lifting, like, you know, like 10 years ago. But uh, how did like, how do people develop that, that trier harder mentality or that resilience? How do you, how do you get help people with that? So like before we started this conversation, uh, it started out with how do you teach somebody to try harder? And we landed on resilience because I started talking about the psychology of it, but the whole resilience concept, if you break it down and look at different definitions, it's usually going to be the ability to recover from adversity mm-hmm. or the ability to do something hard. So it's, it'll often, you'll see in the definitions, usually it's like recovering from a period of challenge and then you'll see period and then it'll say toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a huge area in in psychology and there's a lot of research about how some children develop resilience and some children don't develop resilience. And one of the things that they usually talk about when it comes to resilience, which I can tie back into what we're talking about real quick here, is that the child usually has at least one stable relationship. And usually they're talking about parenting. And there's a lot of, a lot of stuff on you know, both stable relationships, meaning mom and dad, tends to be even better correlated. But at least one positive relationship allows a lot of kids to have resilience. So you don't necessarily have to have both parents around, but it really helps with that particular development. I don't actually think that it needs to necessarily be a parent. I think that that helps because it's a, a fixture in the person's life. But when we start talking about developing resilience in the realm of physical fitness, the stable relationship can be the coach. It can be a training partner. It can be a lot of things. But mm. when, we, when we talk about toughness and the ability to overcome adversity, for me, I see this as a large portion of the training process itself. So... To, to get an understanding of who somebody is, I love doing a workout with them. Mm-hmm. Like you find out things about people's personality that they don't have to tell you. Yeah. You can see, you know, how tough they are, how they look at challenges, how they look at, you know, measuring up where they're at versus somebody else when they're on top and when they're on the bottom, you know. How they talk to themselves while they're, oh, yeah. while they're under Self-talk, struggle. Yeah. Uh, but like the concept of resilience is an interesting thing because some people look at it as you have it or you don't, but it's very clear that it can be developed. And like many things later in life, it's a little harder sometimes, but, um, the process isn't so very different. So when we talk about recovering from injury, we have to bring all of this back one more step and be like, okay, so 
if we want to talk about how to develop resilience, I believe we need to talk about belief systems. Yeah, injury is a different animal as well, because I feel like that puts you out of the neutral state and you're actually set back now. So it's even harder to have the resilience to kind of get try to get back on the positive scoreboard. Yeah, but it's still just overcoming something. Like in, in my view, the way that you train a joint to be not injured is the same way you would train it to be performing its best. True. It just doesn't feel the same, though. Yeah, self-talk changes. Belief models are different. Maybe that's just my self-talk. I don't know. But yeah. I feel like uh, when I, like if I'm battling an injury or something, I feel like I'm set back, and then you're not where you want to be, and then you feel like you're negatively on the scoreboard. But I wonder how different that is if we were to ask somebody specifically, like, how do you feel about not being strong in X lift? Like, why aren't you stronger in this lift, and how do you feel about it? I wonder how different it would be. Hmm. I don't have the answer for that one, but I actually don't think it would be that different because it's still striving to overcome something, right? So there, I think there's more similarity than difference in some ways. Yeah. And, and there are differences for sure. But yeah, so when I talk about, you know, belief system, your, your model of belief, I, I talk to people about this all the time. And some of the crazy stories that I have of people overcoming injury and even in my own journey, some of the stuff that has gone on, when I look back at it, I look at like, what am I actually doing with these people? Cause they're, they're great people. They're, they're willing to work hard and all this sort of stuff. And one of the things that I'm giving them is confidence. I'm, I'm telling them like challenge your belief system. Like you had surgery on that foot. Fine. This is a client I was talking to this week. You had surgery on that foot. It was mangled from a car accident. I get it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the place it is today is how it's going to be tomorrow or the next day. Yeah. So if your belief system is, it can never change. Your behavior is likely going to echo that. Yeah. And that's that learned helplessness scenario. A lot of people have that when they're battling injuries, like, oh, I blew my back out and it's never going to be the same. I'm always going to have a bad back. Or when they're battling a limitation, meaning I've gotten, I've gained this much weight, but I can't break through it. It's like, well, you yeah, can't. I'm stuck. If you stop and look at that, what are you not doing? Could you eat more? Yeah, I probably could. Mm-hmm. Could you make your training more effective? Well, okay, maybe. It's like, well, then you have some changes you can make. So I think all of this resilience stuff really starts with modeling belief systems and having somebody that understand that a growth mindset is a foundation for this is key because the self-talk really, really prattles off into a particular direction when somebody's belief system is, well, I'm just a weak person mm-hmm. or I'm, I just can't push through. I don't have that. Yeah. Whereas if we can get that person to see like, no, you can have that and it's going to take some practice. Mm-hmm. But like the statement that you that you made earlier, well, I had to really try a lot harder. It was extra effort, like an extra 10 to 20% extra effort. Yeah. But when I did that, I was able to do that. Yeah. If you think neurologically, the input that's giving to your brain, it's like there's actually more capable here that's safe. Yeah. Like the training effect you would have had after that would have been very different than mm-hmm. had you just been like, ah, I'm feeling tired, I'm done. Yeah. Right? So it it really comes back to, if you put in that extra work, it's going to break your belief system on what you can actually accomplish. And that's part of what strength is. Mm-hmm. Like the sensation of being under a really heavy bar is a particular type of pressure and pain that people don't understand. I think some people think that the law, like even just like the law of progressive overload is supposed to be like a smooth journey. Like, yeah, 105 today, 110 next week, 115 the next week, and I'll just keep making those steps. But sometimes those steps are grindy. They present you with adversity. Yeah. I was, I didn't sleep well last night. I didn't eat as well today. I, I just need some time to recover. I haven't deloaded in a while. There's all these factors that can get in the way, but at the end, at the end of the conversation, it's like, well, wait a second, you're experiencing adversity. 
interesting. So how are you going to work through that? Mm-hmm. Right? Like when, when we're teaching people how to lift, um, I love just taking something that people says, well, that's too heavy. And I just lift it and show them that it's easy. And they're like, well, that, that's, a, that's not fair. I'm like, well, I'm lighter than you. So why isn't it fair? I look at it differently and maybe I've done more work on it. True. But that feeling heavy is different than it actually physically being heavy. Mm-hmm. And you'll have people, they pick up something. They're like, oh, that's too heavy. And yeah. then you as a coach, you're like, hey, listen, I want five more reps of that. And they'll bang out what? 10. And you're like, I thought that was too heavy. Yeah. I always love that when they say it's too heavy, like on the deadlift and the bar speed is like flies off the floor. Like, oh my God, that's too heavy. And it's like, what are you talking about? That thing just ripped off the floor. We're, re- we're re-running sensation. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. It felt heavy to them. And I'm, I'm like, no, tell me it feels heavy. I understand that. But the technique is good and the speed is good, which tells me there's a lot more there. Yeah. So your sensation is what needs to change. And your view of that is what's going to allow that to happen. Yeah. It's safe for you to keep going because your technique is good. And then they realize they have this change in belief system where that all of a sudden isn't as heavy and they don't complain about it next time. But so- like... The ability to confront something that's hard is not something that everybody has practiced. And that's what it takes is practice. Yeah, it is practice and it becomes like habitual. Almost, you know, it's one of those things that like people try to avoid as much struggle as possible in life. Whereas if you actively like pursue challenging and things that are like challenging things and things that are going to make you struggle, those are people who they seem much more adaptive to uh, just life in general and much more resilient to all tasks and walks of life. Well, it's a practice skill. When you look at somebody that actually learns how to exercise hard, other challenges seem like they're less scary because they've been to a point where they know what fatigue and failure looks like. Yeah. Perception is a big thing, I guess, of this whole conversation Belief, too. We'll try, yeah. to, we'll try to summarize it up. But like, you know, I changed uh, all the winter tires on my two vehicles. So I ate winter tires and I had to load them into my dad's garage roof. And some people I think would look at that as a daunting or challenging task. Yeah. To me, it was like a cakewalk, and I didn't even view it as a workout. Like, Dad was like, oh, I can help you do this, like, next week or something. I'm like, I'm not going to leave these tires on your floor for a week. I just came back the next day and ripped them all into the ceiling myself. And that's essentially, like, doing, like, a muscle-up into the ceiling and, like, hauling the tires up and dragging them across. Like, it was nothing. But to some people, that would be a hell of a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and there's different levels of it, too, right? So depending on where somebody's experience is at, like, they could be new to exercise and that same challenge that you saw in that could be somebody going up three flights of stairs in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they've accomplished that enough times and they realize it's not scary, then they're going to do five and they're going to do seven. Their whole, their whole perspective changes. And that's, that's where I see a ton of value with teaching somebody how to exercise progressively. Yeah. It's like, this is not punishment. This isn't something about holding your heart rate up for a certain time necessarily. This is about making you better at doing things, period. Mm -hmm. We want to make you more capable. And I've seen this transmit into other parts of people's lives over and over. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, But you've you've experienced with me weightlifting before where I sit down and have a talk with you after something that seemed insurmountable and change your mindset on it just a little bit, invite you, and you actually take the step to change your mindset and go do it again. Like, you you were mentioning something with cleans a long time ago where it's, you try the same thing over and over, Yeah. Yeah, with that, so same thing. It's kind of like the rock climbing story. I was doing like cleans and this is like, we just fixed my back and trying to clean like 200 pounds, which was big, big weight for me. And it was scary weight for me at the time. And 
every, I was like pulling it so high though. And like looking back on it, it's like a cakewalk now, but like pulling it so high, but I just couldn't get under it. I couldn't commit to it. The squat, like catching it and squatting it felt so scary to me. So I just kept pulling it, pulling it with like very poor commitment. And we had a conversation to just like, we'll just like, I, f- I can't remember exactly, but I feel like you made me promise you that I was just going to like, I was going to catch it no matter what. Like I was not going to drop it no matter what happens, even if it got a little sloppy or greasy, like a, we're just going to execute and take the win. Yeah. And just commit this time. Even if you stop at the bottom, it needs to be on your chest. Just commit. Can yeah. you do that? And then I caught and stood up relatively with ease and <laughs> felt better. Yeah. It was a breeze. Yeah. That kind of this whole, this whole conversation draws around overcoming limitation, overcoming the way that you're thinking about something. And I think the best thing when we start talking about resilience training is understanding when you're running up into um, a challenge where it's like, okay, this, I see this as a limitation. What are my thoughts around this? It's like, well, I, you know, I might hold a, a thought that this isn't something I can change. And like, I had a client last week tell me that she had her first full night of sleep in 18 years. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, my neck didn't hurt. So I was able to sleep. And I was like, man, that is crazy. That's crazy. That is craziness. And the stuff that we've been doing with her isn't really earth shattering. A lot of it is like, well, your neck is moving okay but your t-spine and your shoulders really aren't Mm -hmm. so like let's let's just get those functioning a little bit more and get you exercising more consistently so she's part of joint level strength and she's meeting with me in a group and setting a couple times a week and she's like yeah the neck is so much better Mm -hmm. (laughs) so your belief was that your neck was a problem and it was painful but does that mean it's the neck's fault yeah and i didn't even say this is what your problem is i just said well here's some limitations we found let's clear those up So we did. And now when I talk to her, it's like talking to a different person. She's like, well, no, there's too many people that believe that because they have a problem somewhere that it'll never get better. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so we have a belief shift. And that's, that's when we see big changes in resilience. But I would say that resilience is a muscle. It's got to be flexed. Resilience too has to lean a little bit on priority or the why, like why you're doing it. Like for me, executing that rock climbing wall, it wasn't a huge, huge pariah, like priority for like, no. it wasn't like earth shattering to my ego or anything like that. It more just like, because my coach buddy was just like, you're just going to do it this time. Like, just do it. And I was like, oh, fine. Like I did it more for him than I did it for myself almost. Um, so like priorities have to play a role into, because if it's not that big of a deal, then of course your effort's going to be poor. It comes back to the belief model. Like the priority is going to be based on your belief and how valuable it is. Mm-hmm. Right. For a lot of people, they're like, exercise isn't valuable for me. I would never pay for a coach. It's like, okay, fine. But that same person would change their whole perspective if they could no longer sleep the night. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait a second. That'll help me. Okay. Tell me how much it costs. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, the, the concept that we're talking about here is we need to look at how we're looking at things and define whether it, it is worth the effort. And then once we've done that, I actually think that for, for optimizing somebody's life, understanding what they're capable of and challenging themselves to the edge of what they're capable of is going to make them more resilient to other challenges in life as well, meaning it's going to impact them far outside of the gym, far beyond just the strength and physical changes. Yeah, I've seen that in myself and others, obviously, like through my clients, like if you can build that mental resilience or toughness, like flex that muscle in the gym, you're able to flex it in many more aspects of life. I'm curious, do you have like any, any like life hacks, if you will, that help with your, your own resilience? 
Like, what do you lean on inside your brain? Aside from being like, I'm Curtis Howden. I can so, do, I can do anything. <laughs> I have, I have a belief that's, that's deep rooted in the idea that we should be challenging ourselves where we're at as much as we can, because otherwise it's wasting a gift. And even if you don't think you're a gifted athlete, the gifting that you have to do what you do today is far beyond what other people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. And an example would be like last night I went to BJJ and Brazilian jiu-jitsu is something that I, I used to practice a little bit. I used to wrestle. You know, I'd practice with the University of Alberta um, team. And I really enjoyed those times. And I've re-engaged in doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu the last few weeks. And last night, like, I had to talk to the instructor before I went and everything because when I overheat, it's a real problem. Mm-hmm. So the conversation I had with him the first day I was there, he's like, there's, you got a problem with that leg. You know, I was like, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not really a problem with the leg though. It's a problem with my brain. When I, when I get hot, I can't really do much with it. He's like, well, what if you're rolling with someone and that leg doesn't work? I'm like, well, then I got to figure out another thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's challenging because for me, when my leg stops working and my, my left arm gets weaker and, and I'm having challenges, even though I'm in a fight, it's, I can't hide it from anybody anymore. Like they know that something's going on. Mm-hmm. That everyone else gets up and walks away and I'm sitting there for a while because I can't yet. And when I talked to him about that, I was like, I think, I think this is something that's going to be helpful because I'm training my system's thermal regulation. Mm-hmm. The problem is that I can't hide from everybody that I have a problem. So it's kind of like going to school without clothes on, but you can't get any clothes. So like that confrontation, I have to confront the way that I feel about it. And I have to confront the way that I feel about other people knowing about it. Yeah. But in doing that, it lets me know that I'm, I'm still capable of things, even though it's not as much as I was. Mm-hmm. And I think if I, if I give up on that, I've given up on the whole lot. Yeah. So when it comes to resilience, I, I think that the, the best hack is identifying what your values are. Like if you value that, and you push yourself a little more today than you did the previous day, you're going to find out cool things about yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you consistently do that, you're flexing the resiliency muscle. And that doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but it means you know that you can go through hard times and be okay. Yeah. And that's, I think that's key for a lot of things. And it gets far outside of fitness, but the fitness realm, I think, chemically and physically set up the foundation for your neurology to be its best. Yeah. For me, I think I've probably leaned on this book quite a lot, even though I haven't read it all the way like a <laughs> delinquent. Um, there's that book, The Four Agreements, though, and one of the agreements that the guy talks about in it just to like have a higher quality of life is like, do your best. And he's like, no, no, not your best being like, not your best PR, like not your personal record, but what's your best today? Because your yeah. best today is going to be different than your best six six years ago. And whatever your best is today, give 100% of that. But that goes for everything in life. That's like in the gym, like do your best in the gym. Do your best when you have family time with the kids. Do the best, like do your best when you're with your wife. Like that means like having the utmost amount of like patience, compassion, like loving, like empathy, like all of the above. Like that is your best, not um, so self-focused on, well, I already had a, I had a tired day. Like I'm tired today. Yeah, and don't uh, self-centered, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what pushes me through it. It's still a journey for me though, as it is, I'm sure it is for you battling it. What do they call it in the war of art resistance, right? Just battling resistance every day. Anything that's going to give you an excuse or a reason to try to slow down and let your foot off the gas pedal. Well, I really think that resilience is something that's super important. The easier 
somebody's life is, and our lives in North America are pretty easy. Yeah. If we don't practice resilience and put ourselves into challenges, we can get into dysfunction very, very quickly because that's a skill that we need as human beings. Yeah. And, you know, that's it's only my thoughts on the matter, which is worth exactly what the paid price is, which today is zero. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things to actually look at. And showing up and giving your best is not something that I think anybody ever regrets. No, but it's not easy. No. Well, if you made it this far, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in, hanging out. You can leave a comment or subscribe, all that jazz. And, uh catch you on the next one flippy flop thanks for joining us this week we appreciate your support if you enjoy this episode we'd love it if you would subscribe follow and throw us a like on youtube spotify or apple podcasts